Hallelujah. Well, Father, we just come before you today. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the anointing. We thank you, Lord, that the words that are spoken today will increase our faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And, Lord, that you will uh, touch the lives of those that are listening that are hearing, whether here in the sanctuary or at home or wherever they're watching from. Father, we thank you that as your word goes forth today, that lives are changed, that all of us are changed, and uh, we are increased, and we go from glory to glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. I had a an idea today for our uh, message or inspiration, I should say. Hope it's more than just an idea <laughs> uh, on uh, the subject of newness of life. I'm going to look at. It's amazing. I got to thinking yesterday how much God has said in His Word, Old and New Testament, about the word new and doing new things. You know, in church land, we we so focus on the things of old and there is a there is a place for that amen there is a place to honor the things of old there is a place to honor tradition is fine as long as it's a tradition of the word and the spirit and not just traditions of men that's been made up you know somebody else's some some places we do uh traditions and rituals and we don't even know what they mean it's just well that's the way we've always done it so we do it and then you really check up on it. You, you find out there's no basis in fact for it. But so, you know, but there's nothing wrong with doing things over and over again, as long as they're scriptural. Like one is communion. Amen. And, and uh, other things, uh, ordinances in the word that we do, uh, that are scriptural. Uh, we lay hands on the sick. We, uh, we do all kinds of things that, that uh, somebody might say, well, there's a there's a tradition, there's a ritual, but it's got faith involved in it, and it's the commandment of the Lord, amen? And so giving all those things, they can become a dead work, something of ancient of days, uh, tithing, oh, that's way back in Malachi, B.C. almost, you know. We don't want to, not almost, it is B.C., but, you know, we, we want to sometimes focus on those things and, and make if you're not careful, you make it a dead work, but it doesn't have to be a dead work. It can be a, a new work, a thing of faith and beauty every day. His mercies are new. There's a word new. Again, I just wanted to look at the word new today. And God makes all things new. And, uh, you know, his mercies are new every morning. Now you think about it. It's, isn't it nice to, to get something new? Isn't it nice to, when you, when you do get a new car or, a new home or new new pair of shoes or something new, right? Have you ever eat, been eaten on leftovers and you just had it one time too many and you think, I need something new here to eat? <laughs> if I eat these beans one more time, I'm going to explode, and uh, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know... <laughs> We just certainly, uh, you know, in most cases, anything new is a good thing. Amen. 
And, uh, and God talks about new things. God wants to do, I believe, and I'm looking at this next year coming up and like, Lord, help us get through 2020. <laughs> what a crazy year. But uh, I believe that 2021 is going to be a new year. It will be a new year automatically. And, but it's going to be a new year filled with new things and new opportunity and new, uh, blessings and new hope and new faith and renewal of things. You know, they called the charismatic movement, uh, at one point, the charismatic renewal. And, uh, I was thinking about that today too. I was thinking, why? Was it called the charismatic renewal? Well, it's re- renewal, uh, for many people that were in denominational churches that were traditionally not Pentecostal, not charismatic. Uh, but they, there was a renewal of their faith. There was a renewal of the move of the spirit amongst all kinds of groups. How many remember the charismatic renewal? It was a wonderful time, really. Uh, and sure, there were excesses, there were extremes. There's going to be that in anything. But uh, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Praise God. So there were mighty great things that happened. There were uh, folks who had been just traditional Catholics or Roman Catholics. And uh, in fact, it was a, that was a great part of the charismatic movement was the work of the Holy Spirit amongst the Catholics. And then the Presbyterians and the Episcopalians and the Lutherans and all kinds of groups, amen, that experienced a renewal of the things of the Spirit, a renewal of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Believe it or not, almost every denomination that is in existence uh, came at the end of a mighty move of God, you know, and sometimes just through centuries of... <laughs> Of practice, you know, they, uh, the history's lost somewhere. But God loves people. Amen. You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't go look on the church side to see if he's deciding to come in or not. You know, I don't care what you, you could call your church, you know, church number one time. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I preached at a church of God in, uh, in Pensacola. And I don't know if it was something the state was doing at that time, the state of the church of God in the state of Florida, but they gave me my check for preaching. And, uh, it, it said church of God worship center, or their name of their church was church of God worship center number 54. I thought that just doesn't sound very pretty. I'm sorry. I, I, I laughed at that. I wish I'd have taken a photograph of that check for more than one reason, but, um, uh, <laughs> I thought, dear Lord in heaven, have we come to that where, where the name of it sounds like a, sounds like a fire station, doesn't it? Fire station number, you know, car 54, where are you? I think they've renamed that church since then. Thank God. Worship center number 54. So, uh, you can name your church worship center, center number 54. Uh, and the, if, if you're worshiping the Lord and you're lifting up the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit will meet with you. It doesn't matter what you call it. And so, you know, the Lord loves everybody. Um, I remember Brother Hagan got up at Rama one time and he said, I, I'm getting sick and tired of hearing the word, the term word church. Well, we're a word church. 
as if we're the only truth in town. He said, every Presbyterian church and Episcopal church and so forth that I drive by, I thank God for them. I, I'm glad that they're, they're, I'd rather them be there than a bar or a strip joint or something like that. He said, you know, we need to not be so, you know, quick to throw out people. I don't know why I got on all that. I was talking about the charismatic renewal, but it was a renewal for so many. I mean, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions around the world. Am I helping anybody today? Y'all help me here. I'm plowing this morning. Let's look into the word that might help us. Romans six. We'll just go through some scriptures here. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Romans 6, 4. Let's actually back up to verse 3 and read. It says, Know ye that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in the old ways and the old traditions. Is that what it says? No, we should walk in newness of life. Hallelujah. Um, so anyway, praise God. We start right there with our, our very salvation is, is, is for a new life. Amen. The Bible tells us, uh, let's look at, um, I'm going to add some scriptures that's, that, that's not on the, the bulletin. Look at second Corinthians 517. And then I'm going to tell you something here that'll help you. Second Corinthians 5:17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is the old creature, but just kind of forgiven. No. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Everybody say new creature. New creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, some things are new, but the rest is just kind of patched up with tape and bailing wire. No, behold, how many things? All things are become new. I don't know if you've ever had a, a history attack on your mind and your soul where the devil will replay every mistake you've ever made. Has anybody ever dealt with that or is it just me? I mean, I, he'll take you back to th- something you remember doing wrong at three years old, seven years old. Maybe you, maybe you stole a piece of candy or something, you know, some little thing, uh, lied to your mama, whatever. <laughs> Am I relating to anybody here? And boy, I don't know, boy, our memories, you know, we talk about memories and sometimes the, a lot of times they're a blessing. Sometimes they're a curse because you can remember something really bad. 
And, and the devil will show you the intent of your heart at the time was bad. And, uh, you just, you know, just beat you, lay there and beat yourself up. But thank God for Jesus. Our, our hope, now we sang that earlier in the service. Our hope is in you. And see, the trouble is, the reason the devil likes merit, uh, based Christianity, merit based Christianity is because he can use that against us to say, you don't deserve the grace of God. What you did and said was unforgivable. The way you behaved, what you thought, what were you thinking? He'll ask you. Am I the only one that's ever experienced those thoughts? What on earth? And so, you know, thank God that we can say with confidence, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm a new creature in Christ. The man that did those things and said those things is dead. The woman that did and thought that way is dead. Now, there was a preacher, very famous. I won't call her name because some people like her and others don't. So you get into that and you miss the point. But a mightily, well, mighty, mightily used of God woman. And in her younger days, she had had some, said, had made some mistakes in her life. And, uh, some, some of them, you know, would be considered serious mistakes. And, you know, the church can be mean. The church world, like Brother Copeland said, ain't no mean like church mean. And, uh, can be, and merit-based Christianity produces mean people that are always looking for sin, always looking for where's the failure, always looking for what somebody did wrong, want to point it out, want to blab about it, you know, tell everybody. Well, some members of the media, this is many years ago, decades, many members of the media found out about this woman's early history and a mistake that she had made. And they brought it up. They found out about it and brought it up in a news interview. And she said, oh, that person that did that is dead. And they said, no, it's you. We know. We've got the facts here. She says, yeah, I know. It looks a lot like me. Uh, has my same name. But that person died years ago. I'm a new creature. And I'm being renewed every day. You know, even as believers, have you ever made a mistake as a believer? <laughs> have you ever sinned a sin as a believer after being saved, after being filled with the Spirit? Why, sure, we've all made mistakes. We've all done things we wish would have turned out differently. But did you know that that uh, since we're being renewed, yeah, even though our outward man perish, in other words, is aging and perishing, our inward man is renewed day by day. So even what we may have said or done last year, hallelujah, that was, you know, not completely kosher, praise God, we're a new creature today. And we're newer today than we were yesterday. We're See, it works opposite in the spirit realm than it does in the natural. 
in the natural realm, everything begins to deteriorate. I don't care. You can have the brand new whatever. And uh, a year from now, it's not going to be quite as shiny as it was last year and on and on and on. You know, I noticed our sign out here that we we had it completely renewed, you know, because it was Peace Lutheran. And and uh, it was easier just to stick with that same, you know, structure and then get just a, a new sign, you know, new plate made for it. And boy, when the day they put it in, it was shiny. But this Florida sunshine <laughs> and hot weather and rain, I noticed that the paint's a little chalkier looking and a little dull. I'm thinking, you know, the day's coming when we're going to have to have them pick up the sign and repaint it because to keep it nice. But, you know, you know, stuff, how many know that in the natural things deteriorate? But did you know that in the spirit realm, it goes the other way? Hallelujah. God keeps it new. God keeps it perfect. God keeps our, and I'll tell you what, if you'll let him and you won't speak negative things, he'll keep your mind sharp. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to, when you pass away of old age, you don't have to be like out of your mind and completely demented, not know which way's up. You don't have to go like that. Say, well, I've seen people do that. I know we all have, but you know, that doesn't mean you have to do it. Say, well, brother so-and-so, now he was a man of God or she was a woman of God, and uh, where does that leave me? But it has nothing to do with you. You have a personal relationship with Jesus. Amen. Well, if they can't get it, what does that mean for me? See, don't think like that. I don't know. I'll just tell you, the confession monitor in me, when people talk like that, it makes me want to get one of those air horn things and go, you know. Just drowned it out. Cause it's bad way to think. Amen. I had a preacher call me. There was a famous evangelist who was on TV. You'd know his name if I called it. And he had this huge moral failure in front of God and everybody, you know, was on TV talking about it and crying, blowing snot. And, uh, so this preacher calls me and, uh, says, uh, I, he says, how you doing, brother David? A pastor from, from uh, up north. He says, how you doing? I said, I'm great. He says, I said, how are you doing? He goes, well, I'm depressed. This is a word of faith guy. I'm depressed. I said, why? He said, well, brother so and so and his failure. And if he can't live for God, where does that leave the rest of us? I said, it leaves us exactly where we, what do you mean? It has nothing to do with me. What he does, this guy, you know, and uh, I, I said, that's ridiculous. This pastor, he got so discouraged with that and a few other people that he found out about that weren't so hot <laughs> that he he ended up out of the ministry, had a great church, like five, six hundred people. He ended up out of the ministry, sold the building and quit, you know, just just out of watching other people. What other people do or get or fail to get has nothing to do with us. Preach, pastor. Glory. Anyway, don't you love it that all things have been made new? Look at Revelations 21. So, you know, you need to start believing God for new. (laughs) Amen. Because it's yours. New is yours. 
When he says all things, he means all things. Can you say praise the Lord? Uh, Revelations 21.5 says, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make... Now that's present tense, isn't it? Not I'll do it someday in the sweet by and by when we all get over yonder. No, I do it now. Amen? I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Amen. And if you've got loved ones, and we all do, that's gone on to the other side, and perhaps, you know, when we saw them on earth, they were ill and and not at their best, you know, you need to get a new picture, a new image of them, because all things are new now. Hallelujah. Whatever it was that was, you know, their earths, as Brother Hagin called our bodies, our earth suits. <laughs> when your earth suit wears out, it has nothing to do with you. You're the, the eternal part of you goes right on living. Amen. And, uh, and you're renewed. All right. Plowing along in this service today. Let's go to Isaiah 43, 18. Amen. Do you love the word? You know, some, some sermons are easier to shout with than others, but we need to sometimes slow down and just look at scripture too. Uh, Isaiah 43:18, remember ye not the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Good or bad. You know, the, you know, sometimes we'll focus Sometimes our greatest discouragement is a, a moment or in time when we were, you know, super successful or at a thing or, you know, super, I don't know, what's the word, promoted in some way, praised. And even that can be a discouragement because you think, oh, I don't know what happened. Well, <laughs> you need to remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. God's into the new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? Well, some people don't want to know it. It makes them mad. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field shall honor me. The dragons and the owls because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. Praise God. That sounds like a good thing to me, this new thing he's going to do. All right. The Lord's doing a new thing. Do you believe that in your life? You're going to claim that for, let's claim that for the rest of this year and next year. That God's doing a new thing. Look at Isaiah 65 in verse 17. And he's talking about what's going to happen in the future. This is a prophecy, isn't it? For behold, I create new heaven 
and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. But be glad and rejoice. Well, let's be glad and rejoice today. Forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. And the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. Amen. Anyway, he talks about doing a new thing there. Creating a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. These, these, now let me tell you about these environmentalists. You know, I'm all for, I think the Bible, just, just Christianity and just being a decent human being, we want to take care of the earth. Amen. We want to, as much as possible, have clean air, clean water. Somebody said, you listen to some folks and, uh, the secret to long life is don't breathe the air, drink the water, eat the food and you'll be okay. You know, uh, but if you practice that long, you know, th- th- let us know how that works out for you. But we certainly want to have clean air, clean water, take care of the environment. But this business of, well, if we don't, the earth is going to explode and everything's going to go to pot and it's going to be the end of it. Well, that's not according to scripture. According to scripture, God makes all things new. He can renew in a, in a flash. He could click his fingers and everything on earth would be perfect and pristine. I'm telling you, it's, it's the height of human arrogance to think that we have even the power to destroy what God has given us. And so that, I know that may sound a little bit, uh, elementary or naive or adolescent, but I believe the word over Dr. Doolittle and Dr. Do Nothing. Amen. And I don't, I don't know if I totally trust scientists that don't love the Lord. I know that there are Christian researchers and scientists, but the ones that aren't, you better watch out. Man, I'm telling you what, things can get weird quick. All right. Is this helping you? How many rather be here than the best insane asylum in the state? <laughs> Three meals a day, right? All right. And take your pills. Okay. Ephesians, Nurse Ratchet will give you your pills. Ephesians 2, 15. Uh, I got that right. Yeah, Ephesians 2, 15. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. He's talking about the old covenant. Um, For to make to himself of twain one new man, so making peace. This hints again at at uh, making us a new person. You need to start confessing this if you're not already I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm a new creature in Christ. Jesus has made me new. 
well, you know, you have these tendencies to be, you know, rude or, or tendencies to steal or lie or cheat or whatever. I'm telling you, you, you need to confess over that stuff and say, well, that's, that was the old person, but I'm a new man. I don't operate based on fear. I operate based on the word of God. Amen. Brother Hagan had a story about a man that had gotten saved many years ago, decades ago. <laughs> and he had gotten saved as a businessman. He was very successful, but he had a horrible temper. Anybody met somebody like that? Anything, the least little thing would set him off, as we say. And he'd kick the tra- his trash can. Remember, remember, how many remember metal trash cans in offices? You know, you'd have these green metal trash cans. Well, his was, his looked like the truck had run over it because it had all these dents in it and uh, the, the top was dented down and just looked like a mess. And every time he'd get a phone call or, you know, in his business, uh, again, quite successful, but he'd get a phone call and make him mad. Somebody's not doing what they said or whatever. He'd get mad and lose his temper and cuss like a sailor. If you're a sailor, God bless you, but you know, they have a reputation. He'd cuss like a sailor, as we say, and kick that trash can all over the office until it was just dented in and looked like a mess. And uh, they'd get him a new trash can, and he'd kick that one. That's called kicking the can, <laughs> I suppose. But he he found Christ. Somebody brought him to the church or somewhere, and he heard the gospel and got saved. Amen. Well, the next day at work, his phone start ringing and everything starts going the business of the day. Somebody called, made him mad. He started to cuss. He started to kick that trash can and he stopped himself and he says, wait, I don't have to act like that anymore. That's that old man. I got saved last night. And he says, I'm a new creature in Christ. Uh, I, I think I'm going to just not act like that anymore. And they said that those that worked with him said he never had another fit the rest of his days. Isn't that something? That's the power of of salvation. That's the power of the gospel. Amen. You know, this business of, well, this is just the way I am. You need to love me. Well, we do need to love you, but we're going to love you out of your mess into something better. Amen. Oh, praise God. Today, because everything's so perverted and gone so crazy in thinking, that now, with especially with members of the newer generation, there's a feeling that if you even criticize or you offer constructive criticism, that you're a hater. You're hating on me. Why are you hating on me? Well, you know, I don't know what you do with people like that. God help them. They've got a, they've got a, 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 a less, lessons to learn, don't they? Final scripture here. I'll let you go from the torture. Hebrews 10:20. Um, let's actually back up. And at verse 16, amen. 
This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I'll write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. See, so you need to quit going back through. Some folks need to learn, like I've said before, need to learn how to forgive themselves. Amen. You've done something stupid. Caused you a problem. Forgive yourself. Jesus has. Sometimes you want to say, well, if I could talk to the Lord about that. Now, you Lord, you know, I did this thing. I feel really bad about it. Well, according to the word, he has no idea what you're talking about. Because he's he's removed those sins. He has put our sins from him as far as the east is from the west. You know, it's interesting about east and west, isn't it? If you, you, you can't, if you, if you travel east, you're going to be going east eternally. It doesn't work that way with north and south. If you go north, eventually you'll be going south. And eventually if you're going south, you'll be going north again around the globe. But east and west, they're as far, they never will connect. And so the Bible says that our sins are as far from us and from God as the east is from the west. In other words, they never connect. Okay, there's no more offering for sin. So, yes, the altar is a place to go, but you don't want to live at the altar. Because the altar is the killing place. Did you know that's what the altar is? It's the place of, place of sacrifice and death. And so we come to the altar and we die with Christ, but then we raise up into new life. Amen. People that say, well, I, when I grew up, I grew up uh, you know, uh, living around that altar bench. Well, there's nothing wrong with you making it a, a holy place of prayer, or we'd say down front, we'd say come and kneel. You could make it a holy place of prayer. But it's really, truly at that point, not technically an altar, because if all you did was 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 live at the altar, you're living in sin consciousness. Now, I know what it's like to live in that. I was scared to death. I didn't like the word rapture. Because I was afraid I was going to miss it. And then I'd have to deny the mark and then have my head cut off in a guillotine. How ridiculous it is to be seven years old and scared to death of guillotines. But that's the way I grew up. And uh, Scarlett's been around some of my friends that we grew up in the same era, the same denomination, the same, I used to call it an abomination. Uh the same abomination, and and uh, we, she, I think she thought I was being extreme talking about the guillotine. But you've been around some of my friends, and we all go, "Oh yeah, sure, no." That's a, they all say, "Right, oh sure, no." We were all scared of the guillotine, as if that's supposed to keep you living holier or whatever. But it really doesn't. It, I'm, I can testify it didn't work. You just committed sins with fear of guillotine at the back of it. I mean, we're not even French, and we're afraid of the guillotine, you know. Um, I guess the encouragement, don't lose your head, you know, had deeper meaning. 
Anyway, there's no more offering for sin. We don't need to live in, in sin consciousness and live in the altar in the sense of it being all, all this constant repentance. Now, thank God for repentance. How many know we need to repent? If we miss it, we need to repent. We need to denounce it. Repent doesn't really have anything to do with blowing snot and groveling. Repent means turn your back on the way you were going, turn around and get on the right way. Change your mind. Don't you wish you'd have known that growing up, some of us? But repent became begging Jesus to forgive you. As if he's reluctant to do it. Well, I'll let it go this time. And then, you know, I misquoted scripture. My great-grandma, bless her heart. You know, her testimony was, I'm saved, sanctified, charter member of the Fitzgerald Church of God since 1911. That's a year before the Titanic went down. That's how far back that is. And uh, and I haven't cut my hair since I made Jesus my Lord. That's all in the same breath. Not cutting the hair had equal standing with saved and filled with the Spirit. Anyway, bless her heart. I loved her. She made the best molasses pecan cookies you've ever eaten. And uh, and anything that could go in a skillet to fry. You know what we say about the South? What we don't batter and fry, we paint gold and hang on the wall. Anyway, (laughs) like magnolia leaves, you know. But, uh, my, my, my great grandmother, she quoted all kinds of scripture to me out of context and had me scared to death. I'm telling you, she had me going to hell every summer. Every summer growing up, I'm going to hell. I just might as well have gone to hell because she had me in hell, you know, do or die. One was she, she found out that my little chihuahua dog slept with me in the bed at night and then she sent me to hell for that. Because she quoted the scripture from Leviticus about he that lieth with a beast. Well, without getting graphic here on Sunday morning, we know what that's about. And it had nothing to do with the little boy having his dog sleep with him. But that's what she quoted at me. So I went to my sister one day, all rejected, dejected, about seven years old, and, and eyes bugging out. She says, what is wrong with you? I said, I'm in mortal fear of going to hell. She said, why? She, I said, because Granny Hall said I'm going to hell for sleeping with Pepe. The Mexican dog, he gave it a Mexican name. Praise God. Pepe. Pepe sending me to hell. She said, that's not what that scripture means. I said, well, what does it mean? She says, you're too young to know. She's not going to explain bestiality to a seven-year-old. <laughs> I said, oh my God, you know, these things, that's how weird religion gets. I'm telling you, it gets there fast and furious, you know, and then another, another one was, you know, can't wear shorts in South Georgia in the summer with no air conditioning in people's houses. You sit on the front porch and use a Mahalia Jackson funeral home fan, you know, to, Swap the gnats. And she'd say, you know, don't you come up in this house with your nakedness? I'm thinking, I'm seven with shorts and sandals. 
you know, how am I causing anybody to sin? That's weird, you know. But anyway, just going to hell so you live in sin consciousness and live at that altar. But that's not, you know, and that's lifted up as a as a pure, beautiful thing, you know. We've got leaders that talk like that. I lived at the altar. I know what that's like. Yeah, I know what it's like, too. It ended up being torment. It, the, any blessing relief you got from it uh, was not worth the value of in comparison. It wasn't a good deal. It had been a better deal for somebody to tell me, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Don't everybody shout at once. If you want to be sin conscious, enjoy yourself. I'll give you a list of mine. You can enjoy those too. Having therefore, brethren, boldness. See, we're bold because we're not sin. We're not in sin. We're in Christ. To enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. And this is where we wanted to get. By a new and living way. Which... He hath, well, what kind of living way? The old way? What's the old way? Well, the old way is keep the law and sacrifice livestock and all those things. But here it says, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. See, the evil conscience is what comes when the devil reminds you of all your mistakes. And our bodies washed with pure water. Let us then hold fast our profession of our faith without wavering. What does that mean? Well, see, again, in the faith movement, we kind of use that to talk about holding fast your confession of healing or something. It can work for that, but it's not really talking about that per se. It's talking about holding fast the profession of our faith in the finished work of Christ for righteousness. And there's healing in all that. More so than quoting, you know, you know, the thing, the word of faith deal that we do without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Amen. Praise God. So that's enough preaching. I'm telling you, it's a new and living way. So now anytime, let me help you. Anytime your evil conscience See, we say, well, the conscience is a good thing. Well, according to the word, it can be evil. Anytime your evil conscience drags you back to something that's under the blood, as we say, you need to get these scriptures out and quote them. And you don't need to pull away from God and pull away from righteousness. You need to press in. It says, let us draw near. Amen. We're going to press in. We're going to say more. We're going to be bolder. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Not, well, Lord, it's me again. 
That's, that's uh, that old song. It's me again standing in the need of prayer. Please stop in the name of Jesus. Those are songs based out of weakness and, and, and there's no strength in it. Amen. We need to, I love that song that we even talk about, Lord, I need you, but we say something very powerful in that song. My one defense, my righteousness. Not my one defense. Well, I'm a member of Sunday school class and I haven't missed a lesson in 14 years and I've got the Rebecca class pins and I'm just, you know, and I haven't cut my hair and I don't use nair. That's the women. God loves hairy women. I found out growing up. We had preachers preaching against women shaving their legs. And I'm thinking, well, that's kind of weird. Why does he care? Why is he looking at all the legs anyway? You know, what's going on here? And I don't know. Something about a man that likes hairy legs, that's a problem. Raises questions. Uh, just saying. That's enough. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, can you believe that even in the 60s and 70s, we still had people preaching like that? And, you know, you were exposed to that. And then came Brother Hagin and uh, hallelujah set us free from all that nonsense and uh, helped us to, to see what the word said. Praise God. Well, I'll tell you one thing you're going to get in this church is a full dose of grace and righteousness every service. And I'm going to tell you who you are in Christ. And I've, I'll never beat you up for your problems or your mistakes. I'm going to just tell you. Though you not, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen? So praise the Lord. Because we all make mistakes. And we all, you know, have those things and uh, that come against us or from our past. But we can stand against it in my one defense, my righteousness. And the devil can't do one thing about it because it's already happened. So we're going to end church just in time for you to go into the monsoon. Praise the Lord. How's that for perfect timing? All right, let's stand up and lift our hands. Thank God for him doing a new thing. I am the righteousness of God in Christ, a new creature in him. I'm a partaker of his divine nature. In me, he will not impute sin. Amen. Praise God. Lord, we praise you. We thank you for this service. Those that are watching by internet, if they, someone needs a healing, if you need a touch of God, I'm going to pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your healing power. I thank you for your healing touch. In the name of Jesus, be healed and whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. We command every evil spirit, every evil force working against you to, to fall and, and fall by the wayside in Jesus' name. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We thank you that the the power and the strength of God rises up in your heart today. In Jesus' name. Anyone that has not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, Lord, I thank you that they can just call on the name of the Lord today for salvation and be saved. Just say, Lord, save me. I receive your grace. I receive your forgiveness. I believe that uh, God raised Jesus from the dead and I, uh, I confess him as Lord today. Lord, I thank you for those that would accept Christ today in Jesus name. Amen.